Hey, what's going on, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of Miss Amanda Blaylock's podcast. This week, we got something special for y'all. We got the Backwoods podcast in here. Hey, mix up with the 5-4 show. And whole time, I'm just meeting most of these guys for the first time today. So we're going to do formal introductions on air. I'm Thomas. Thomas. Trey, what's going on, bro? What's going on, man? I'm Baz, man. What's going on? Baz, hey. Hello, I'm Nisi. Nisi. It's your boy, Spiz. You already know what it is, man. I already know what it is. got his playlog back in here. Cool deal, man. Well, hey, lovely to meet everybody. Thank you guys for making the time to come up in here today. Thank you. And talk Thanks for some. having us, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Ms. Blaylock. Yes. Big thing on your campaign. Social justice issues. Social justice. And this has been a podcast I've been looking forward to. And I had connected with Trey recently, and he has been a big asset to our team as talking to us. So he's a social worker, and he's been talking to me about social justice issues. And he shared my passion for mental health without the stigma. You know, mm-hmm. we did a show Absolutely. on that. Mm-hmm. And I found that his insight was very helpful to us. And we certainly asked, will you get on board and help us make it to the finish line to really talk about our issues? And when I ask about social justice, I ask, and would he join me today and his crew so we could have more views and more conversation and go deeper into social justice. And so that's why we're all here and we we know this is going to be a good show. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, hey, backwards, what's you guys' opinion on this matter? Social injustice, social justice issues. There's a lot going on here locally in the area all around the world, the United States. Mm -hmm. What are you guys feeling on this topic? Oh, man, shoot. You want the long answer? You want the short answer? <laughs> I, want, I want the long answer. Give, give me the full, the full answer. <laughs> uh, I know we did a couple of episodes talking about the social justice issues um, surrounding the ones, especially um, in the actual Fredericksburg with the actual slave block. We talked about that, and then we talked about the um, Confederate flag. We also talked about police brutality, mm-hmm. racial profiling. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in the backwoods pretty much has experienced some, t- some form of racial profiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go in depth about it um they, we go really really in deep about it, about an hour and a half hour two hours about it so we really feel passionate about it and i think that you know what happened what's happening in the actual america right now is something that needs to be heard it needs to be addressed it needs to be talked about um and i think with you know amanda coming on and actually reaching out and talking about these social justice that's where that's where the conversation starts she actually reached out to me and asked those questions mm-hmm. and you know and what were some of those answers that you gave well I I told her one at one point in time I just told her I said you know at some point you know at the end of the day you're you're not black and it's going to it's going to be one of the issues Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time the fact that you're having a conversation and have willingness to sit down with somebody and understand what's going on and say this is not acceptable Mm -hmm. then that's, that shows us a lot. Absolutely. And I've known Ms. Blaylock for a long time. Long time. And, and I know for a fact she is not afraid to speak on any issue. I'll tell you that right, right now. So, And this is an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people to right. have. Mm-hmm. And, and Trey had stood up at a debate and asked some tough questions. And I thought... That's who I want to talk to mm-hmm. because I've said that so much in my campaign and on the campaign trail is let's start having the uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. so we can get them, mm-hmm. get over them, and move on mm-hmm. from them. Keep and on. hopefully mm-hmm. we, we're better after these conversations. And he's very real with me about uh, what I would and would not be able to understand. And I get that, that I can't say that I know what he's been through. Mm-hmm. As uh, And he's still younger, a younger black male, and his wife is here who's a public school teacher, so we have a lot we can relate to, but there's a lot I can't relate to. But right. what I can do as an elected official is ask the questions, listen to the conversation, and advocate for the needs of the minority community. Yeah, try to understand. Try yeah. to understand, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there's a big one going on, you know, downtown Fredericksburg, the slave block, some you spoke on uh, right. personally. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your opinion on that, man? That was a loaded que- loaded answer. Yeah. Right, it's a loaded question yeah. to give a lot of a lot of space for so it. I what, didn't know how you wanted to attack it. What I I don't know what we remembered is that um, there was an issue as far as taking it down or putting it in the museum or you know removing it all at, at all costs or just mm-hmm. leaving it there. Mm-hmm. And what I said, we had a whole roundtable discussion about it. What I said was like you know understanding that if it, if it needs to go in the museum. Put it in the museum. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're paying to, you know, maintain it and, and keep it together, then it should be in the museum. We think, but then also at the same time, we should keep it there to let people know, like this is this is a, this is what happened here. <coughs> this is a real thing that happened, yeah. right? And what else did we talk about with that? Oh, saying that if allowing people who are removing the monuments or you know these different type of things is happening 
to pretty much have that same energy when it comes to other social issues going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yeah. That's, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I, I just think that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, taking it away, the, it's not going to take away the fact that it actually happened. Right. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So right. if you keep it there, it, it is what it is. If you take it away, it is what it is mm-hmm. as well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It, but it's not going to take away the fact that it happened. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> One PA, go ahead. Cause I'm, okay. I'm about to hit you. I'm about to tag you. That was um, that was a conversation that the Backwoods had on the podcast before I was on there, and um, yes. it's kind of how I ended up on there because in the car afterwards, I was like, man, if I was downstairs, I would have said, you know, it's not about erasing history. It's not about taking something from someone. It's about I want to be in control of where my money goes mm-hmm. when I am interested in history about slavery i want the option to go to a museum and pay an independent person to teach me something that i cannot find on google Mm. i want uh, my tax dollars however to not go to the upkeep of um a hurtful part of history Mm -hmm. when i am a public school teacher and i would appreciate new books in my classroom let my tax dollars go there I'm not interested in the upkeep of a slave monument. Mm. Wow, that's actually, and you know, I didn't even, I never would have thought about it in that perspective, especially being that you're a teacher saying that you'd like to see those tax dollars go to the classroom, which ultimately benefit the children and the students. So, I mean, that's very admirable of you. And Um, that's what's great about these conversations. mm -hmm. You hear perspectives Mm -hmm. like that. And I'm not sitting here saying everyone that's listening has to agree. What I'm saying is we do have to listen, though. And if you think about it, I was your school board member. I was your school board member. You'll always be my school board member. Anybody who is in that area. Me me and Drama Caroline. Right, right. (laughs) Y'all missed out. Y'all missed out. I'm playing. I'm playing. But I think what's so great for me is seeing your generation of the the mid to late 20s uh, talk about these things. And this is where you get such a bad rap that no one cares and no one's talking. No, we're having these conversations. Mm -hmm. And something as she was talking, I was thinking, and I say, you know, Trace heard me say this several times is, you know, Less than 100 years ago, about 100 years ago, I would not even been able to vote just because I was a woman, just because of my gender. That's Mm -hmm. it. And even today, I find it that I have to prove myself four times over the gentleman I'm running against. Not one, but all you just in general. I'm not saying my particular group, but that would be anybody. Women continue to have to prove themselves in what they would consider the gentleman's world. The House of Delegates in in, uh, Virginia has uh, 71 men. Uh, that leaves a very small margin of women with only 100 delegates. Mm. So it's definitely a man's world that we're trying to tap into. Yet I have 10 years of experience. I've spent my entire adult life advocating, setting on boards, all kinds of boards, districting boards, zoning boards. And, and I continue to have to prove not only can I do this, but I'm the best person for the job. And I feel like that's just because I'm a woman. And when you, you think about history, there was a time we thought segregation was okay. Right. We mm-hmm. learned better. So today we're learning about these monuments. Look at the history of a lot of them. Some of them weren't even erected until the civil rights movement. And they were put up for the simple reason of intimidation. Intimidation, right, right. If you look at the history of when they were built, a lot of them were not even erected until they were needed for a use that was a negative use. Now, do we go back and just blame that time? We move on. That's not who we are anymore. So we affect change today and we move forward. Think of all the major things that we used to believe and that we don't believe don't anymore. Believe anymore. Yeah. Uh, smoking in the 50s was all over TV because it was a thing. Right. And now we're like, don't, you know, right. it's unhealthy. We don't, you know. So there's so many things. When you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're and, not far removed from the civil rights movement either. No. That's what a lot of people no. understand is that, what is it, like 67 years ago? Yeah, not too. I mean, our grandparents, yeah. you know, they went straight through. My grandparents marched with Dr. Martin Luther King in Selma, Alabama. Right. You know, wow. and it was... It was crazy, you know, that, you know, just like you said, right. that that's, we're not very far removed well, from that Well, you're walking all. around with people every day that live during segregation, so we're not that far removed from it, you mm-hmm. know. I was born in 1969, so it, I definitely am not that far removed from it. And I was born and raised in the woods of Mississippi. And so... Um, you know, I, I grew up in a very different kind of environment, mm. and, and that's something, and maybe that's why I'm so passionate, you know, maybe there's many reasons that I am. I've always been an advocate for just doing the right thing. So you've really, you've really seen it go down, like, oh, yeah. in Mississippi. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. And, and, I can I only think, imagine. She yeah. said she got a story, but she won't let that go. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that will Most not, Most that will not story, come man. out. <laughs> that will not come out until uh, I'm much, much older. But I think that, well, it isn't about me, even. It's yeah. just about the society. I was in and, right. and I love my home I was great, raised in a wonderful place and but 
Honestly, right here you can still see racism. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not. Yeah. I would never blame that on my state. I mm-hmm. think it happens everywhere. So this conversation is so important, and I think getting us all around the table, the different ages, and you know, me being a, a white politician, reaching out to Trey and saying, talk to me. This is how we're going to affect change. Absolutely. Right. Well, there was another um, topic that you spoke on to start the uh, school to prison pipeline. Yes. That's something that's really it's very interesting to yes. me because I feel like that's such an intricate um, you know, situation because it goes so one of so many ways. But can you tell me how you, you know, feel about that? Yeah, I, I have pretty strong views on the school to prison pipeline. I actually attended a conference uh, last summer called Classrooms Not Courtrooms because what happens a lot of times in the schools you have SROs, school resource officers. Those aren't security officers. They are actually police officers. And so what's happening a lot in our schools, we have very large schools now. And so, you know, they're packed. And so what's happening is, is when there's an issue, a lot of times the officer will charge the, the student. And a lot of times it may be the first thing. It could just be a mistake. It always kills me. I always tell people, rest assured, if it's a repeat offender, they're going down. You're not, I mean, it's not going to be a a one and done. Uh, So I sat on discipline hearings as a school board member for many years, and that's where three of the school board members see what's considered the most egregious. And that could be they brought a weapon. It could be a threat. It could be a fight. It could be something that they felt they needed to remove them from the general environment and put them in an alternative setting. And, And then they had the chance to come back after 365 or something. So the reason I'm not a fan of it is nine times out of 10, when I would look at that student across the table, you could just see the light there. It wasn't this kid was a bad kid. Mm-hmm. They made a dumb mistake. You're not even grown. You're in school. Your brain exactly. has not matured. Right. I don't expect you to know it all or you wouldn't be in school under supervision. Right. right. So to not allow some of these mistakes or consider them, oh, well, I can't believe that child did that. Well, come on. They are kids. So is it more of a pay attention to the specific situation and punish accordingly? Yes. Or get rid of 365 audio? together other than the outstanding circumstances i think you need to keep 365 you need to get rid of zero tolerance okay massive difference in the child who accidentally left his tackle box from fishing with grandpa on sunday you know what and there were a few cases of that i worked those yeah the reverse to i would get a case where the child literally brought a a blade in with intent with a person in mind i'm going to treat that very different so a zero tolerance they would both be considered equal so anyone who supports zero tolerance really needs to get inside of school and rethink that Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. that will never be for me that's a great point and then the and, and again i think we need to take the power out of the school resource officer and allow the principal and the administration to make the decisions on the punishment unless of course it's something that is considered truly just and, and you've got to give us credit for knowing the difference right absolutely right. if there is a, a di- if there difference. is a weapon a, a, a gun or something there is we're done mm-hmm. we got to go that, that is it, we cannot put our children in danger absolutely. i'm talking about that child who has made the dumb mistake um that wasn't putting anyone else in danger but has has really and we see that a lot i, and, I remember mm-hmm. a couple of cases of them and you know they're good people, and you know they're good kids, and that 365 would put them out because the officer would be forced to charge it. I've seen where the officer's like, I know this is a good kid. You know, I wish we could go a different route. Now, don't, don't get this mistaken for me saying there shouldn't be punishment. There absolutely should be punishment for everyone who does everything. Again, they're kids, they're in school, that's how they learn consequences. You do something wrong, there's a consequence. But to put a consequence that puts a criminal record on them, that puts them behind for the rest of their life are always chasing that criminal record or always trying to overcome it. I, I just think there's a lot of times it's unnecessary. Absolutely. There's a question, man, I never asked you about. Are you a fan of the positive behavior intervention support system? The, the PBIS. Are you a fan of that? I actually am a fan of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's an alternative to uh, kind of what we're talking about, the mm-hmm. school-to-prison pipeline. It's trying to, to go a different route. Right. Because I think public schools, and you can attest to this, you're in a public school teaching, on the teaching side of it, I do think that public schools are trying to go with that route because we want to encourage the good behavior. Now, you do have a lot of people saying, oh, now you're going soft on kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel bad for the public schools. We can't get it right for anybody. <laughs> right. Uh, because I, I, I see what is the issue that like they don't if got working in school since for a little bit and, and still dabble if it were a little bit, but the consequence side of it is you know we got the, the three zero tolerance and then they imp- implement the PBIS, but then the consequence is removed. Like they, they yeah. act like that's not a they want to hide that consequence when in life you know we, as an adult 
you've got to face it. <laughs> you got to face the consequence. That. And so it, it feels for me, almost from a mental health standpoint, that we are um, telling our kids, like, okay, well, you know, okay, this is all turn to do this route. It's all turn to do this, and you don't have to do this if you do this. But we got consequences. If you don't pay mm-hmm. our bills, lights right, off. lights cutting off. Right. You know what I'm saying? If we go out here and hit somebody off the random, mm-hmm. if we don't have a mental illness, guess what? We in the mm-hmm. clean charge. We in the charge. <laughs> and and I just think with the PBIS, I, I I saw it implemented a little bit. And I just didn't like the the, the consequence side of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As you don't think they're having an answer for what they did. Yeah. And and that yeah. goes back to everyone does need a punishment. Mm-hmm. It just, I feel like we're here or we're here. There's got to be a happy medium. Right. And I think public schools, so much is mandated from the state. It's not even their choice. SOLs. And it, we can't even teach. You can attest to this. We can't even teach creatively mm-hmm. anymore. Teachers are forced to teach to a test. We're forced to punish a certain way. Some teachers will argue that I have a child in class that can cuss me out or do whatever they want, and there's nothing I can do anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other side, the school-to-prison pipeline, where you have a parent going, my child didn't is not a bad child. They deserve a second chance. Yeah. They're going to pay their yeah. dues, but they need a second chance. Please don't charge them. Right. And and so that is definitely something in the middle we've got to find. And these conversations have to happen on the education level. They have to start happening. Is it too difficult to really make that a case-by-case basis, considering our schools are so big now? Well, it's difficult to do, but I feel like we did it in the school division I represent in Spotsylvania. I was, I was very big on making things a case-by-case basis. I took kids very individually um, unfortunately it's it's not easy to do because a lot of times we don't even see them all as school board members they don't make it to us but when I got a call from a parent I would listen and there would be times that I would say they got to do it, but yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah, I can do. Yeah, 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 something you can't do. It's and, some things. And I was honest with them. And right. I, I'm very proud of my record that I answered you even if you didn't like my answer. I told you why, or, and I gave you the policy. But there were times that I would listen. I would think, oh, no. And I would go in and advocate for that child and realize that this child needed either uh, another direction or a second chance, depending on. A lot of times they had already served their time. Now, you actually, now, uh, we met, you and Spiz met last week at the debate. We and did. Mm-hmm. I was about, his school board member. Yeah. I didn't know it because I had some minutes. And so he told me about the case that he had when he was in Massaponics. Spiz, you care to elaborate on that, how Amanda helped you out on that? Yeah, she definitely helped me out. I was out of school for like two months on a long-term suspension, and uh, they re- tried to re- have a meeting to reinstate me. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there at the meeting, and I had like uh, different terms. And agreements that I had to meet up with, like I had like no contact orders on certain people and stuff like that. And I don't know if you made that, you know what I'm saying, but it helped get me back into school. Oh yeah. So, and you yeah. actually started like with your grade stuff. You got like Yeah, C's yeah. Like, and... I like after I came back from school, I got nothing under a C. Nothing Wait, well, and you just think about that, and look where we are today, where we're yeah, sitting right, today. Exactly, How many years right, ago? Exactly, you're exactly, you're exactly. giving back to society. You're yeah. you're exactly what I wanted you to be. And if I w- I I don't remember that case because I heard hundreds, but I guarantee you, I looked at you and said I believe in you. Yeah, most definitely. Because uh, I told every kid that because I do believe in them, and and mm-hmm. that almost makes me you know cry because I did, and and just to see you now mm-hmm. that that all worked for you. There's so many stories like him. And there's some I do remember vividly, and I see them today. There's one that comes to mind that he now is, is he's, he's in his late 20s, almost 30, has kids, great guy, very giving back to society. And I just remember feeling that he was just getting a, the wrong deal. Mm-hmm. And I could just see, I could see that this was a mistake. And I just think as much as we can take them individually, like in your case, and I have no doubt I saw in him, get him back. Give mm-hmm. him that second shot and mm-hmm. let him try again. He'd already been out two months. Two months, and they mm-hmm. tried to uh, give me three sixty-five. Right. So that that's when that's when you brought me back on board. And like I said, I made nothing less than a C, and I was a straight D and F student. I'm, I'm like, glad we brought him back. <laughs> 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 See that that is that's, that's, that's right score. there. Right there is is enough. That if if I don't win this election, whatever happens, let's say I don't become the delegate on November seventh, I'm okay. Yeah, he did his job. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. because I've helped somebody, even if it was just him. Exactly. Well, again, we are in studio with Miss Amanda Blaylock and the Backwoods Podcast, sitting here in Fast Track Studios at the Five Row Show Studio. Wow, that's a mouthful. Hey, shout out <laughs> to my man Drama behind the camera. Always appreciate you, man, putting in that work. So no, there was four in the building. Hey, yeah. 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 We sitting here talking about the hard hitting issues, yeah. the ones that uh, not everybody's too comfortable talking about. But here's one specifically. 
publicly that I personally had a strong opinion on the <laughs> second it was put up. And it was that Confederate flag oh, on man. 95 oh, headed man. up there towards Stafford. <laughs> Tell oh, us your boy. opinion, because I don't know what your opinion is. Yeah, well, my opinion? Yeah. It's terrible. It's right. terrible. Absolutely. It was erected through hate and just through it, it, it was meant to send a wrong message and I love Virginia I was born in Bahrain mm-hmm. I lived in Alabama South Carolina Texas um, I love Virginia and that is a terrible representation of who we are here in Virginia exactly right. so well it, yeah well you were sitting there I was asked this in a debate and I'll let you yeah. elaborate because it you know I think my answer shocked people because you know I, I'll tell what I said then you can elaborate yeah. is, is they ask us in the Stafford debate, I was there with the uh, NAACP had put on a debate, and they said, how do you feel? And it shocks me that the Board of Supervisors up there haven't passed an ordinance just to get rid of it. You can. We have ordinances that make you take your Christmas lights down. <laughs> and, wow. it, and we do. Yeah. You can, dri- you, know, you can drive around and say, it's illegal. Have-. It's just an ordinance. You know how you drive through towns and you have to have trees so far? Yep. You have to have signs or they have to be brick. You have to keep your water off at a certain time because we're in a drought. I had a cop drive by my house once that said, we're in a drought. That you're, you're watering at the wrong time. Turn your water off. I'm done. I okay. was. Why do we let something? <laughs> and I agree with you that. That's the, so that's all, not who we are. Right. It is such a bad representation. But but I would like to yeah. you elaborate on this. Who's at the staff and NAACP um, debate meeting? And she she pretty much got up. Everybody, all the other politicians, was kind of like. Um, uh, you know, we, you know, we got to work with some things. Tom Brady, got, Tom Brady on the mic. Oh man, you know, yeah, that's, that's what I call it. When you when you uh, bouncing around, you yeah. hit the Tom Brady on James the mic. Horn, James you know, stuff. Um, and then like Amanda gets up there, and then she was just like, "It got to come down." And everybody was like, whoa, 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 you know, and everybody look, I just, you just watch the whole room just kind of like, oh, and they start listening. And I was telling her after, I said, you, you, you hit on the head on the head. You, mm-hmm. you did something because everybody wasn't expecting that. Everybody was kind of expecting that answer as far as, you know, ah, well, we got to do this. And then she was, came out. out because the biggest thing we've heard is. And I didn't know how you felt. We hadn't talked strongly. about Strongly. I could say more, but I'm going to keep it when at a certain. Get, when did it get put up? The wrong timing is the worst part of it. When, uh, wasn't it like, it was like two years ago. Must have been. Um, right when. Uh, I forget what specific situation, but it was, it was a situation where the Confederate flag was a big hot button issue in the news. Where if you had a Confederate flag, you were racist, which is not necessarily the truth. Right. right. But, no, not at all. But mm, you know the way it was put up, and then guys around town riding with the Confederate flags, handing out the back right, end of the I trucks, hooping and hollering at specific people sitting at a gas pump. It's just the the message behind it is what's so awful about it. Yeah, you know, exactly. So. I feel like. At one point, though, I, I I didn't see it on 95 for a while. And then when I started going to grad back. school, I was like, is that a Confederate flag? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I just, you said two years ago, but I just, I just, it's weird to see it mm-hmm. that big mm-hmm. coming through 95 there. and just there. I Man, when up. I seen it, I had, I had to triple take. Mm-hmm. I was and, like, whoa. And in doing <laughs> what I do, of course, I did all of my research on this. That's not the homeowners. I'm certainly not defending them. I'm just giving the history of it. It's not the homeowners. They lease uh, the property owner. He or, he or she leases it out to a a, a movement called mm-hmm. um, Flaggers. I think the flag or something. Yeah, something. What? And they've leased that land until 2024. Yeah, the guy had a sign in front uh-huh. of right? And, and I... I feel the same way as you do. Not everyone, it's not racist for everyone in their mind, no. but it, sent, it really is what's welcoming you into Stafford County. And that is not who yeah. Stafford County mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. isn't. So that's why I get shocked that the Board of Supervisors have not simply passed an ordinance, even if it's just to not allow people to fly flags at a certain height. If you just lowered it to what I would consider regular flag height, it wouldn't be you wouldn't see deal. it. Yeah. <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to have it that big because it'd probably be in the trees. I mean, how big is it? Because it is gigantic. It is it's a huge. gigantic tree flag. Yeah, right. Tree yeah. And then it's just flapping in the wind, just yeah. nice and proud. I'm just, oh, and, yeah. and I feel like sometimes, you know, at my level that I'm running for in the House of Delegates, I would really be questioning the, the local governing board in, in Stafford. And I know some of them, they're great people, but I would I have to disagree with them on not making a proactive movement mm-hmm. to pass an ordinance to change this. It truly isn't 
rocket science. Right. If, honestly, if you can make someone take their Christmas lights down, you can do this. Absolutely. And please correct me if I'm wrong or, or speaking too heavily on it, but, you know, thinking about some of the other flags that are illegal to have or to fly, like, um, I don't even want to compare it to this uh, so heavily, but, uh, like, the... Like Hitler's flags, um, swastika, stuff like that. Not that are, you know, things that symbolize hate. Should that be in a specific place? Because I'm okay with looking at that and remembering what that represents. Almost like the, again, back the block. to the museum point. Right. So then maybe put the, paid to put that in a museum mm-hmm. so people who choose to want to go and appreciate that can for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Am I am I off base? Am I? I think you're right on it. Like, like Nee said earlier, like I don't need to be reminded of it. Like the block, I don't right. need to be reminded of a bad time for mm-hmm. my people. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the, you know, like the flag or the however. Put it in the museum. So if you care to see those kind of flags, you can have that right. But don't have the Confederate flag in my face right. every time I go visit my grandparents in Northern Virginia or what Absol- have you. Absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. But see, my issue and it's stirring up controversy. Yeah. yeah. See, my issue with the, the swastika flag is that we went to war with Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we fought them. Mm-hmm. So. And we really did not like Hitler and that, that whole that whole situation. And then those veterans, you know, people say it's a disrespect to certain issues going on in the actual America. It's an issue with um, disrespecting our veterans and what they fought for us for. I think that's a direct slap in the face of our veterans, allowing that flag to be flown. Mm-hmm. And then they was like, "Nah, I was in the war. I fought them. And you going to fly that in front of my right. face? Right. Absolutely. You know, so I, I don't. talking about the Confederate flag. Right no, here. the um, Swastika. Swastika. Same thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, same. <laughs> well, in, in me being born and raised in Mississippi, I had to drive through Bryce's Crossroads every day, which is a battle, Civil War battlefield, and my public school field trip every single year was to Shiloh Battlefield. So I I understand the, the mad respect for sacred ground and, and people losing their lives. And, you know, I would never want a monument taken out of a, a, a the Confederate cemetery, for example. Sure. I mean, right. you don't want to mess with sacred land, and you do. And I understand. I, I support the Civil War preservationists who want to preserve land and things like that. Mm-hmm. That is not the problem. Mm-hmm. It's these things, exactly what we're talking about, that are put up for reasons of either oppression or intimidation. That just it's it's so not who we are, and it's not our time. It's not that time anymore. We know better, absolutely, but we're not doing better. And so, you know, it's funny because a lot of my friends, I asked them when I was running, "How do you feel about the monuments?" I wanted to know. I would call them and say, "Tell me, tell me." And I had a few say, you know, until Charlottesville, I didn't really pay attention. Now I'm mad, and mm. I think Charlottesville, and I've said this in debates too, is it was such a telling time for I think a lot of people. But for me, it was like uh, it's always been there. It was just had just gotten real it subtle, bubble, yeah. right? Mm. And and I think that this movement to say it's okay to be openly uh, showing racism is it, it's. No. No. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. feel like we're feeling a little bit of that. So when Charlottesville happened, everybody's acting so shocked. I don't understand this. No, they just were acting like everybody was hiding. So I think it's time we just pull it all out and say, well, it's there. Right. So let's deal with it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I'm sorry. Oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. No. Not to, you know, give credit to hate, but think about it like if you took a class photo and you got the photo back, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to look at yourself. You're going to make sure both your eyes are open. You're going to make sure you weren't making a dumb look. (laughs) Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. I think that drawing the line in the sand and saying that the Confederate flag is against black people is what keeps it from mattering to everyone. If you don't see yourself in the struggle, then you just mind your business. That's a good point. You go about your point. Real good point. When you think about the Confederate flag being a signal of hate towards black people, it excludes you know, you or people who are also white or Asian, anything else. When you think of it more as the South tried to divide, this was from a civil war. They lost. They are against your American flag that you're also so proud about. So once that becomes obvious and that becomes common knowledge, then I feel like that's when it'll change. But if it only matters to us or people who look like me, then it's not. Exactly. I love that point. I love what she's saying that you, it's when you look at it, people reflect in it and they and they're coming from a different place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to come from the same place she's coming from because of the color of my skin. But if I don't sit there and recognize where you're coming from and respect that and affect change from my side then we'll never get over it. And it always kills me how, you know, you'll see on the news, like someone overnight will paint a swastika or a bad word on garages. The whole community is out painting it, like scrubbing it over. Mm-hmm. Why are we not just, that's why I said this in this debate, why aren't we just taking it down? Like, I feel the same way about this. Is like, it clearly is sending a negative signal 
to a lot of people yeah. that I care about right. in my community. Right. Okay, let's just get it down. Yeah, let's just take <laughs> take care of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's meant, we've got enough dividing us in right. in the nation right now. We don't need more things. But that was you know? a great. But I love that point. I don't mean to harp on that, but I haven't heard it that way. But that's such a good way to look at it. You see it so differently than I do, even though we both agree on why it should come down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the point that that people that are like me need to think about it, it when they want to immediately go, well, why does it bother? Well, because you can't see yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, hey, wow, that got me stuck off that point for a second. You're <laughs> it did me too. Good job. It did me too because I, I had to think about what yep. she said. But that's the beauty of having conversations and learning and having conversations with people who are of a different background or even a different age group or anything. But. Absolutely. So I know that you strongly support our police here um, yes. in the area. Um, I do. What are your, you know, in regards to, um, you know, the police brutality or, um, you know, body cams, um, dash cams? What? How do you feel about this? Well, I, th- I think body cams are a win-win for both. I right. mean, it sort I mean, of tells right. a story for right. both sides. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, unfortunately, uh, in they could speak to this a lot better than me because I doubt, just to be honest, I've probably never been looked at a car and profiled to pull over for thinking I might have anything, which I probably didn't. I mean, I reek of that suburban mom look, and I get that. Um, but, um, but at the same time, I think that it's a win-win for everybody. And what's happened in the, the age of video, and the one that stands out to me, and it stands out to me over and over, is that case was, I can't remember if it was North or South Carolina, where the man was running away. And he was shot in the back. Do y'all remember the one I'm talking about? And he was killed. And I think the part of that story that just sticks with me to this day, and it's one of my passions in social justice, is if you read the write-up from the officer. It told a completely different story. Right. It said something about that he was attacking and he was and he he made it look as though it was self-defense to, to kill this man. Had, had no idea that someone had a cell phone mm. videoing him. Mm-hmm. And I think out of all the cases and there's so many now that started coming out that if that doesn't tell us we need some cameras on this and if that doesn't tell us there was some things going on. Before we had these cameras, and if people don't think there was profiling going on, even I would see it in schools, and if people don't think that people are being pulled over or shot or the the power of the officer overtaking was happening, they're just not being honest with themselves. And right. I have a lot of really good police officer friends, and you know how much I support law enforcement. Absolutely. And they always say, you know, and like anything, you can have a nurse who's given out prescription drugs illegally. Yeah. And then nurses are some of my favorite people in the world. They saved my life. So I, I love nurses. And, and they give them the bad name. They're really good about policing themselves if they know. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that. I talked to an officer friend not long ago, and, and we were talking about the situation. And he said he, he was a minority, too. And he said, you know, we police ourselves if we know. He said, we're good about policing ourselves. And they are. I just spoke to the Fraternal Order of Police last week, and it's something that's very passionate to me. But this is an issue. So for me and body cameras, I think it's a it's only a win-win for both. I mean, why not show exactly what's going on on both ends? Right. I mean, I haven't heard a, a, a good argument for why an officer shouldn't have, no. you know, cameras. The, the, the only argument they can make, it has nothing to do with why. Be, can we afford them in the taxpayers? Because oh, well, budget, budget, yeah. budget would be it. Because I will say this. Our officers are underpaid. Period. So and and they put more technology on them. Well, but I mean, I think what I'm saying is, if you have to, if if it's a requirement by law to have a body camera on everybody, but yet they're not getting paid enough to support families adequately. We yeah, might, you know I what I'm saying? That. I, I want to make sure that we're paying our officers and they can. Um, and know, our teachers. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we have a lot of, uh, you know, husband, wife, team officers now. And, and, and I know a few of those. And, you know, they got to support families. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's the only, you're exactly right. Budget's the only time people would argue body cams. I don't think anyone would argue it for the issue of being able to have the visual. Ding, ding. I'm coming in there with that. Okay. So the only argument I've seen for the body camera issue is that a couple of cases that came out where they, the body camera's been shut off. So they still can manually be shut off. Yeah. So that would be my only, you know, only thing. And even when we have body camera, body cameras now, it's we still haven't got one case yet that says um, that this officer was in the wrong. Um, it, it, it's disheartening because at any point in time, I could have been that person. You know, Spitz could have been that person. You could have been that person. Tom mm-hmm. Strong could have been that person. She could have been that person. Vaz could have been that person. I know for a fact couple times in this area I've been profiled at least pulled over t- with two with two cops at least pulled over with narcotics and pulled me over you know twice 
Did I have anything? I always tell them all the time. I always had a bunch of wires in the car from this from my system in the car. That was it. <laughs> you know wires. what I'm saying? You didn't pronounce that. You just said wires. Yeah, wires. 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 She got But wires, yeah, because we always had systems in our car and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you if you open up and look in there, you're going to see a whole bunch of wires Wire. running through the yep. car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's very disheartening to me. And I, I really stand close to it because I know for a fact, you know, my, when it, the things came out, the cases came out, my mom and dad called me personally. And they was like, look, man, be careful. Yeah. And listen, and I tell them all the time on the podcast is that I work with law enforcement officials. I have a relationship with them at, at my current career, but I still have anxiety when they pull me over. Because mm-hmm. you're unsure, you're uncertain. Because I'm uncertain. Yeah, the role but I work with them every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how to even give the, somebody the, the, the ability to see how that feels. When you work yeah. with that law enforcement every day, you have a great relationship with them. Yeah. If I see them on the street, it's nothing but love. But then if I see them behind me, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, relationship shifts. I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? But we talk about it all the time. That's because two things, to me, two things are happening. One, those officers have a family to go home to at right. the end of the day. Because you know what? White, black, purple, orange, if this person's on their last strike and they already know in their head, I'm a, I'll die before I go back to jail. Yeah. At that point, you know, yeah. I, I want to go home. I want to see my baby at home. You know you what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so there's that. And then um, here's just a, a different side of perspective. Um, don't, as black men, we should, we should also, because I get just as nervous, man, when them lights come on. It's just a feeling that you can't even explain. But, like, my grandmother, grandmother tells me, just don't give them a reason. Just do everything they try to tell you to say or to right. do, and don't give them a reason. I saw a video of a guy, you know, fake running on an officer, and then the officer gets a little jumpy. I'm man, like, oh. yeah, yeah, I'm like, look, it, if that officer learn. shoots that man, <laughs> you know, you know, now there's a movement for, you know, justice right. for whoever, you know, yeah. that was just the wrong situation. So, exactly. um, you know, don't give these guys a reason, but, you know, because not all these officers are, no. are bad. And, and they're not, no, because I have plenty of law enforcement friends. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. well connected with the sheriff down in Caroline. Me yeah. and him, oh, I can email him. He understands. He knows First me. Name First name basis. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, and I've told him, I've been racially profiled before. Mm-hmm. It's happened, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just we had to have a, we had to get, them again, a middle ground. Yeah. Again, you know what I'm saying? We can, we can have differences, but we got to get to the table and get to that middle ground. One day, hopefully, yeah. we can start seeing each other as people and not even see the yeah. color anymore. Because yeah. that's, that's something. Do you all play sports? You guys play any football, basketball, or anything? Uh, I ain't never touched my football. <laughs> <laughs> I play basketball. <laughs> well, team. Team was my point. Um, playing football kind of taught me something. You know, yeah, my, my center was from Guatemala. My running back, you know, was black. We had an Asian guy over here and a Puerto Rican guy over there. Just... The race didn't matter. What mattered was it was us versus y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it yeah. should be us in America versus, I mean, not versus the world, but yeah. essentially, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we should yeah, be yeah. on the same team. The same We're thing. on the same team. Yeah. We need to see it more like that. And I think once we see each other's teammates instead of rivals, then I think we'll kind of make, you know, better strides just, mm-hmm. you know, in the world. Right. Exactly. And you're right. When someone's down, I even talked about this in a debate. Um, it, when someone's down, they don't care who's coming to help them. They don't care if it's man, woman, old, young, girl, uh, boy, black, white, Asian, Muslim. They don't care. They just need help. Mm-hmm. Help me. And, and, <laughs> and I feel like in that time, that's when the human spirit shows, is right. that we're all the same. And if we can help each other, we should. That human spirit should live every day just walking around downtown when we see each other i shouldn't need you know no one should need help or or need something to feel welcoming to everybody there around that's what that's what we are i mean the diversity is beautiful and and that's where we got Mm -hmm. it is it is who wants plain jane all the time mix it up Mm -hmm. right in our country this is who we are we're all immigrants from somewhere yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean i think that uh we need to think about when, when we're in trouble, nobody really cares. We need to have that same attitude mm-hmm. just when we wake up every day. Yeah, not to maybe not to necessarily compare it to this, but like a natural disaster, you know, when oh, there's yeah, we a, all come together, right? Everybody comes together, mm-hmm. so you know, we should have that mindset all the time. Have that's that right. same energy, yes, that same, exactly that same <laughs> yeah. passion, that same energy, which is what I, I kind of feel like I do. I always have, but it, the, you know, there's such a 
big movement that needs to be happening. And we just happen to be at a very unique time in history that we see all of these things sort of rising up that so many people felt were behind us. And it just shows we're not there yet. When we know better, we do better. Let's do, let's do better. So we need to know better so yeah. we can do better. Mm-hmm. So some more social justice issues. What are what are some more that, that you guys have specifically talked about on the Backwoods Podcast? By the way, where can we find the Backwoods Podcast? Uh, we on SoundCloud and iTunes right now. Absolutely. Um, the Backwoods Podcast, that's where we're at on the net right now. Perfect. And then mm-hmm. you'll be able to see this episode drop on Miss Amanda Blaylock's yes. Blaylock for Delegate. On Facebook, is that what it's called? Well, it's Blaylock for Virginia. Blaylock for Virginia. Uh, .com, and that's my website, and that will connect you to all my Facebooks. Perfect. And and my Instagram, Twitter. I I pretty much do it all. My Snapchat's out there, whatever you want. Sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, but the the backwoodians, yeah, we all on SoundCloud, iTunes, and we'll be definitely having this episode as well. I'm gonna let you go because you ain't spoken in a while. Come on, Basil. We need you, man. Spizzy, come through with it. What's the other issues we talking? We were talking about. At one point, we had to we had to scale back. <laughs> we got a little too deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's some other topics we talked about lately? I'd ask Bass. <laughs> and, what, and, what you, and what would y'all tell your elected officials? What would you tell your politicians? Oh man! Like Spitzer told him, I ain't never seen you in the streets. So get active. Yeah, <laughs> get active. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I've seen Miss Blaylock in the streets. I've seen Miss Blaylock in the streets. Like she's doing right now. Like I said, this is an absolutely, absolutely, or trying to do versus saying absolutely. I can identify because I'm not, you know. That's such a good point because when I was a school board member, and you'll remember this too. Did you know a school board? And I'm not. This isn't right. You know, I'm not like that. But I mean, did you know a school board member before me? No. Nope. You got to get to know your community when you hold elected office and even if it's a school board member or what else get out and and you're exactly right get in the streets let them see you on an area that they are so i would go into the schools i would show up their football games their plays their whatever they did i would show up and interact with the people well i would interact that's amazing because i I think uh, at least from the backwards perspective we come from different backgrounds but we all grew up together and i think we speak for a lot of different populations i always told them on the podcast is that you know when I've held community events and talked to elected officials. Um, they're human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're human. You know, yep. they just make the laws and, and bypass those laws for us in the community. But they work for us. Right. You know, Thank so you. <laughs> if they work for you, mm-hmm. you need to get to know them. That's right. Um, and so I think it's but even though when you go to like a board of county supervisor meeting or a school board meeting, it can be a little bit intimidating. You have, I know at least for Caroline, when you have the Board of County Supervisors, they're sitting up on a podium mm-hmm. and, and you walk down and you go to the mic and <laughs> you just like, um, how y'all doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so they're looking down on you. Um, and, don't forget yeah. the arms. You get it. Um, um, <laughs> listen here. I just wanted to say, um, you know what I'm saying? And, and for my, I think for minorities, it is it can be a little bit intimidating because when we walk in there, you don't see a lot of us. Even though our board of county supervisors does have you know um, individuals of color on there and a woman on there, it still can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you guys get out into the get once to get out into the community and you meet and greet, that helps, you know, knock down that door. Um, yeah. But... If anything, getting to those meetings and talking to them, yeah, that's one of the one of the. So we could take it on us to get in there to yeah. to help you yeah. know introduce ourselves to the school board members. What you're saying, right? Because every board of county supervisor, I'm not sure of a school board, but board of county supervisor, they have a two minute public comment section. Yeah, we do too on the school board. Okay. Exactly how you described is pretty much every. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. I, remember, yeah, I recognize the walk up yeah. to the podium. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <y'all are> <laughs> and you get so many minutes. And, yeah. and what makes it more awkward is that we aren't allowed to respond or answer. So uh-huh. we just all sit there looking at you. And you're right. And that's exactly why I made it my job to be. I'm, and I did. I mean, I'm talking. I went to everything because I realized that I was dealing with uh, students and parents. But a lot of my students were high schoolers. A lot of them are grown. A lot of them are voters. One of the people most passionately working on my campaign right now is an 18-year-old Chancellor High School senior. Mm-hmm. And uh, and at the same time, I have, you know, people older than me, you know, out there campaigning for me. It's it's important for me to get out and not only give them a voice, and you have to give them a voice, and here, here's the thing. I believe this. You take on all issues, the small and the big, and I'll give you a perfect example. Years ago, because I had gotten to know everybody, it helped that I called the snow days, and, and people started following me there. <laughs> but because I made that connection through snow days, they knew to come to me if they were having other issues, and I will never forget this, and I, I won't use the names, but it's a true story. So I got a, a, a private I got a private message from a, a 
girl who was head of her class and she said president for the SCA and she said we can't decorate our mortarboards on our graduation caps and this was uh Cortland mm-hmm. and she said Riverbend and Massaponics can and I said well well, sure you can. I thought everybody could. I see them every year. I've never, I haven't missed a graduation in Spotsylvania County since 2008. <laughs> so I feel like I've seen thousands of them. I'm saying, no, you can. And she said, no, we can't here. And so I started asking them. I said, well, I'll ask. And I started asking. And they came back and said, no, listen, we, we just don't want to do it here. Now, that's not fair for two, two schools. So long story short, you know, I affected change there. And all five high schools could do it by the end of that year. Just look how small that was. Mm-hmm. It was almost nothing, and then I, but I, but it mattered because it mattered to her. It mattered to her, yeah. and she knew that she could ask you for help. And on she the had matter. organized this group, mm-hmm. and she decided she was going to be the spokesperson. And she was definitely a young politician. I don't know where <laughs> she is now, but she advocated to me, and and they told me later that that no one ever listens to them because they're seniors in high school. And even though that was tiny, and to the grown-ups, it probably meant nothing. Mm-hmm. She felt heard. Her community that she was representing felt heard. And mm-hmm. that's what you've got to do as, as politicians. And, right. and you have to turn around. And even if you can't do it for them, don't dismiss it. Tell them why and give them the rationale. Show them the policy that won't allow you to help them. Because there's been many times I've had to say, there's not much I can do, but here's right. why. And, and people, are, people, people don't give everybody enough credit. They're happy if you re- interact and respond. Mm-hmm. Right. What they don't want is to be ignored. Yeah. Yeah. If they send you an email, answer it. They text you, respond. If they call you, pick up your phone or return that phone call. And if they want to sit down and meet with you, that means there's something serious going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I had, you know, I've sat down and met with so many parents over the years. And there was one time I had to sit down. I could just tell this dad was distraught. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to sit down. So we met at Panera Bread. I had my twins at the time who are now 10. I think they were like three or four. I, I said, y'all sit here. And they ate their little thing and played their stuff. And I bet I said, I think it was a little over two hours. That was that to this day, what happened with his child, it's such a success story. Not for privacy, I'll never say, but I mean, what happened was unbelievable. And it just took that two hours of sitting in Panera Bread and listening to a story. And I was able to catch him say a few things. It was like, yeah, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was able to go in and advocate for him. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the thing, though. Like, you, I, we have a saying in social work where it's, we meet the client where they're at. Yes. Um, yeah, that's good. Meet the client where they're at. Yeah. Okay. Meet the client where they're at. It's a um, strengths perspective as far as, you know, instead of being that therapist and, and, and speaking with them in clinical jargon or doing your own little yes. therapy technique, mm-hmm. wherever they're at in the place in their life, you go meet them right there mm-hmm. and then start therapy from there. Okay. Instead of just coming in there with one thing already in place. And I think for minority populations, I mean, we... It, just be honest like we we don't feel like the government has been fair to us in at all anyway sure so we already have some dishonesty towards anybody that's in a political mm-hmm. stance um so but the fact that you go out there the fact that that student had the know-how to say you could she could dm you yeah she can or that mm-hmm. parents you sat down with that parent for two and a half you know hours a lot of minority parents you know would feel that same would love to have that you know what i'm saying but they don't get that or sometimes they don't show up. You know, let's be real, real honest about it. But the fact that you're going out there and making yourself, you know, available. Yeah, I'm running off my record. Yeah, you're making yourself I, available. I really mean that. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, if you can find somebody that I, I represented them, and I, when I say I, I was elected to Lee Hill, but I represented every one of those kids, mm-hmm. and I answered every parent's phone call. And if I can find someone who says that I didn't return their phone call, or at least try to help them or, or interact with them, I want to know where I let them down because I don't, I, I don't want to let people down, and I want to fix whatever I did wrong because nobody's going to be perfect. But I will say that's what we're going to take to Richmond, and I, and, you know, and. and and that's what I, when I'm in debates and when I'm, I'm trying to speak on myself, on my behalf, to say, why should you vote for me? Imagine taking that to Richmond. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we get more of that in mm-hmm. Richmond, not just me, a bunch of us. You, you've heard other debates. Yeah. We, we've been in debates where we've heard the, the 28th district, the 2nd district. And, mm-hmm. and I'm hearing all of these people. I believe you all had uh, another delegate on Absolutely. recently. Sure did. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that there's a lot of people I'm seeing come out and starting to run for these these offices and we need to really start really deciding who we're voting for and sometimes the two-party system is not always it it's a common sense vote one thing you'll never find Amanda Blaylock do I'll never be radical on either side I cannot handle this radical that doesn't work I don't even understand who can yeah 
There is nothing extremism on either way will never work. Agreed. Yeah. And and so that's you know that's never going to happen under uh, under my campaigns ever. But I think that just you know not even talking about my campaign anymore. Just looking at some of these debates, I've seen some strong up and comers, and I'm just like, man, I hope they get elected too. You know, we hope we <laughs> yeah, all do. But solid, so we have else. a couple of them, and there's there's a woman I'm watching from up north that I'm watching her campaign as close as mine. I hope she gets in there. I mean, she she they know their stuff, they know what they're talking about, but they have that passion. And like you were saying earlier, they're more reflective of who we are as a society. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some more age ranges, some more ethnic backgrounds. And, and what you said when you talked about the Caroline board having some, they did have uh, uh, a minority on it and yeah. a woman. The Spotsylvania County Board of Supervisors does not have a woman on it, and it doesn't have any minority on it. And mm-hmm. and I'm not running for that office, but the point being is so many local governing bodies aren't even reflective of who we are. Right. If you look at that, that's not reflective of us. Right now, the House of Delegates is not reflective of the state. Absolutely. Right. I 100% agree with that. And we, I feel like we're on a wave of just new generation, new yeah. mindsets, and some of the people that we have currently in office have some of the older mindsets, yeah. maybe some of, some of the mindsets that we might need to... Yeah. Yeah. replace or, or maybe revisit, rethink about, reconsider, however. Hey, remember Mr. Braswell was in here with me, mm-hmm. and I don't know if y'all know who um, Baron Braswell is, but he's, he's a gentleman on the Spotsylvania County School Board. Now, he 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 is a, a black gentleman who's a really close friend of mine, and he and I have had so many talks about whether when he was elected. He said, you know, Amanda, they may have always known you would support and you would fight for their issues, but they can relate to me. Yeah. And so you've told me that before, but he had told me that before too. So that that's some that I know that that's needed. In reflection of all of us is needed. Just like we need women representing us, and we need we need all kinds. And I think that that's just a problem we have across the board in, in politics. Is it's just not reflective of a diverse community. Mm-hmm. So we need to get back to that, and it starts by getting you in Richmond, Miss Blaylock. It does. <laughs> that, that's where yes, it starts. Indeed. Yes, indeed. That's awesome. Well, hey. This has been amazing conversation, amazing time with you guys. Um, again, we are here with Amanda Blaylock and the Backwoods Podcast. Hey, any last shout outs or anything that you guys want to put out there? Uh, y'all go follow us and like, share <laughs> uh, Instagram, underscore the Backwoods. Uh, three, we on Facebook, Backwoods Podcast, SoundCloud, the Backwoods Podcast, iTunes, Backwoods Podcast. We support, fully support Amanda Blaylock in the 88th District. We also support the 540 Show. Thank y'all for having us out Most here, man. man. I appreciate it. So, um, Yes, but cool, perfect. Yeah, and vote <laughs> November seventh. Just vote. It's my hope that we have new voters. People are getting out there and registering. I mean, it matters. It matters. And, and I just love that the five four zero show and the Backwood Boys. You are getting involved. It's because uh, it, of you. It's because of <laughs> you. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for opening the doors up for that. Because yeah, we... and this is going to keep going on because the next election comes around. Y'all are going to be there again. You may mm-hmm. have somebody else sitting here, and that's okay. But you, we're going to you know educate on who's running on what issues and. And um, it, it, it's going to be good to have this younger generation coming out and making a difference. You can change the whole face of, of our entire political face if you just vote. Absolutely. Just vote. November I, 7th. You're very right. Yeah. And I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? Yeah. Hey, this your boy Thomas from the Five Row Show signing off. We'll see y'all next time. All right.